0: This is Mixtress Ray, and you're listening to What's This Bitch Talking About? To which the answer to that question is, every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, exactly 20 years after its original air date. I almost that said 30 years. Why did I almost say 30 years? I'm not that old yet. Okay, so... <laughs> I'm exhausted already, guys. I had like a spontaneous... Um, social events have been prevalent in my life lately, which is not usual, but, um, Michael and I, the place that we went to eat dinner tonight is like a local place and our, my good friend Jill and, and her person and her and our friend Kim just showed up cause they were eating there too. And so they sat with us. And then we ended up going to something called a night market, which is just like a, like Halloween bonfire thing where they had different merchants and vendors. And it was just a total spontaneous going and doing a thing thing, which means that I'm recording this way later than I normally would have. But um, I also had a social event, my friend Jill, same friend came over last night and we did a, a bourbon tasting in my house (laughs) and, um, because I'm trying to find like the idea was not that you guys care, but the idea was that I find a whiskey that I like as well as Buffalo Trace, which is my favorite bourbon and is something in that same range of like, you know, $25 or less you know. um, And doing a blind taste test of different whiskeys, we had, we tasted six last night. And Buffalo Trace, Maker's Mark, um, and a couple others that were in like the $25 range. And then we threw one like cheapy in there, Evan Williams, and then one that's like kind of expensive Woodford Reserve. I was just like, okay, just wild card. I want to see if I can tell the difference between like a really cheap whiskey, because Evan Williams is like 12 bucks and like an expensive whiskey. And then I I also want to know if I can pick out Buffalo Trace, which is my favorite, because Buffalo Trace is really hard to find right now. That's the reason why I'm trying to find like something that I like as well as it, just in case, you know, I can't find it ever again. Um, anyway, let me tell you the results of the whiskey taste test, because that's what you're here for, right? (laughs) It turns out, I don't know shit about shit. I actually like you know, I was trying to guess what each one was, but I was also just kind of rating them. And Buffalo Trace, which I think is my favorite whiskey, actually didn't rate very high with me. I actually, my favorite was the Evan Williams, (laughs) which is kind of nice. On the one hand, it's like, damn it. So is my favorite not really my favorite, you know? And on the other hand, like, why can't, why don't I have discerning taste? Why can't, can't I tell the difference between these whiskeys? Um, also like, so my two favorites were Evan Williams and Maker's Mark and, um, or Four Roses too? I don't know, whatever, doesn't matter. Um, so it turns out, I mean, they all pretty much tasted the same to me, pretty much. Like sometimes there'll be like an outlier of like, well, this one's different and I don't like it, or this one's different and I do like it. But anyway, the point, and I never have one, is, so it's kind of, it's kind of nice that I really like, I really liked the Evan Williams. I kept going back, before I knew what they were, you know, I I kept going back to it and being like, this one's really good. This one must be the Buffalo Trace because I like it the best. (laughs) So that's kind of nice, the $12 whiskey. So there you go, Mom. Um, I did also really like the Maker's Mark. Uh, So, you know, and I say, there you go, Mom, just because she always has a bottle of whiskey for me (laughs) at her house because I go hang out with her and I'll have a drink while I'm hanging out with her every Thursday night. So, you know, next time I need a new bottle, you could just get me Evan Williams. It's $12. (laughs) it's half as much as the maker's mark that you usually get me (laughs) anyway um so that was an eye-opening thing because it's like well the thing that i think is my favorite isn't really my favorite so i mean that's a good thing though because it's really scarce right now so i don't have to like feel bad that i can't find it anyway now that we've talked about whiskey for five minutes let's talk about this fucking angel episode okay so it's called billy here's the description the gang must take action when Billy, the man Angel freed from a hell dimension, begins causing men to hate women. So this episode, it, on the one hand, it's somewhat well written. There's some character development stuff going on with Cordelia and even Fred, because we, we get to I mean, not really character development with Fred but we're seeing a new side of her because she's not just like the scared little girl in this episode. Like we've seen her so far. Um, Okay. I want to see like written by Tim Menear and Jeffrey Bell directed by David Grossman. So I think they're like normally people that are writers and directors on this show. I don't know. This episode really pisses me off because basically what happens what ha happened was so there's this that the guy that angel freed from the hell dimension a few episodes ago to save cordelia he like if he makes physical contact with a man that man is infected with as they call it primordial misogyny as if misogyny is just something that's inherent in all men. They're just kind of containing it at all times. Holy fuck, if I believed that, I, I wouldn't be okay if I believed that. That is awful. <laughs> I hate it. Anyway, so, um, the premise is that all men have lurking within, within them this intense hatred of women and this guy just sort of brings it out of them and it infects wesley in the episode and he is awful he goes all shining on fred um it infects gun the the billy guy tries to infect angel but it doesn't work because you know vampire logic whatever um it infects Lila's coworker that she's always fighting with Gavin. I don't know why this Gavin guy exists. <laughs> Honestly, they just like, I I don't understand it. I, it's like they, they were like, well, we're used to having Lila arguing with a male coworker. So let's hire this other guy. Now that Lindsay's gone, <laughs> like what? Anyway, so, <sighs> I've decided to put this episode of Angel on my shit list. I don't think I've previously... I don't think I've previously had a shit list for Angel episodes. I mean, I'm kind of trying to remember to go through and, like, keep track of the ones that I think are worth it. This one definitely... I mean... I think it's just too... I don't know if I can be objective enough about this episode to say whether or not it's good or well written or anything like that because it's just so triggering. Like, I don't see the point in having an episode like this because the entire episode was, hey, what if men killed women because they just fucking hate them? Like, that's not why I watch things like Buffy and Angel. I watch things like Buffy and Angel because. I want to get, I, I want, you know, horror (laughs) I want, and yeah, that's horrible and that's horrific for sure. But I'm looking for, you know, metaphorical horror I'm looking for, um, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Like, this is just not okay. it's not okay this is this is not what what we come here for and it's very upsetting and it's super realistic and it is especially upsetting seeing Wesley like this not only because like we like Wesley but also just because it was really fucking realistic when he was the things that he was saying to Fred I was getting upset like you know like panicky it was not okay. So if you are listening to this episode of this podcast, and for some reason you were thinking to yourself, if, if for some reason you listen to me talk about these episodes and then you watch them for the first time, which is probably not how anyone's doing it, but if you do, I would say huge trigger warning for this particular episode of Angel, if you've ever been in a domestic abuse situation if you've ever witnessed a domestic abuse situation so probably that applies to absolutely everyone listening so it's just so triggering i it's awful it's awful like i think i'm okay but (laughs) don't do it don't watch this episode of angel is there anything that i should say about it um Oh, we get the storyline. We haven't heard any indication of this until now, until this episode, but Wesley, I guess, has a crush on Fred. Or Maybe there was like a little comment in like the last ep- couple of episodes. Like Maybe he said something at one point about her thinking that she was cool or something. I don't know, but I don't remember. So he... Um, It's kind of talking to Cordelia in this episode about, you know, liking Fred and like maybe wanting to ask her out and stuff like that. And then he gets possessed by this guy and he almost kills Fred. And so I kind of like the way that they play this though. Like, I don't think they should have had this plot point, but I kind of like the way that they play it because, you know, he feels incredibly guilty like he wouldn't even attempt to ask her out on a date now because of how guilty he feels for this experience and I think that's the right call maybe that's a little too harsh considering like it wasn't his fault that he was possessed or whatever but I still think it's yeah I like I don't think like at the end of the episode Fred is all like reassuring him that he's a good man which it's so totally not on her to do that after what he did to her absolutely not she should not she's carrying the emotional labor in this situation because he's brooding and staying at home and not coming into work and shit like that because he's so upset about what happened i mean i get it why he feels so incredibly guilty i get it but she's acting like she's totally fine and she knows that he's a good man but she doesn't even really know him that well like at all so how does she know that he's a good man you know I don't know anyway (laughs) let's see if there's anything else we need to talk about here obviously just like the you know they could have had this be something else but I guess they were sort of implying that this Billy guy that Angel just got out of a hell dimension to save Cordelia, they were implying that he was like real extra evil. And this is real extra evil. But at the same time, it's so basic. Why is this the plot point? What if men hated women? Why is that this plot? I don't like it. I don't, I'm never watching this episode again. Ever. Unless I fucking forget and accidentally watch it. But as soon as I realize what it is, I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, skip. We did get a couple of like badass Cordelia moments in this episode because she's training with Angel right now so that she can better um, fight and defend herself. Which, why didn't she do this two years ago? You know, like she works with a vampire and she's always in dangerous situations, you know. Um. yeah I don't... but one of the like badass bitch moments and I did like this you know if I did ratings for Angel the way that I do for Buffy this would probably be the quote of the episode where she's we get like a kind of an interesting conversation between Lila and Cordelia because she goes over to see Lila after she's been beat to a pulp by Gavin to try to like have her she wanted she wants lila to help her find billy because cordelia feels responsible for billy because you know angel took him out of the hell dimension to save her ass so she's having like a confrontation with lila about like you know because lila's all beat up and she's you know acting like there's nothing that can be done and i'm not gonna help you and you know whatever and cordelia says to lila no woman strong enough to to wear the mantle of vicious bitch would ever put up with this. And on the one hand, that sounds like a really cool, badass statement. But at the same time, that also pushes forth the sort of harmful narrative that, like, you know, if you find yourself in an abusive situation with a partner you, you might think there's like, I don't know how to word this, but like when you are a badass bitch, but you find yourself in an abusive situation, you can sometimes like, you want to hide that you are in an abusive situation because you conceptualize yourself as a badass bitch because you know that other people see you as a badass bitch so you know does that make sense like and so saying that like if you really were a badass bitch you wouldn't put up with it is is a little bit victim blamey I think that's what I'm trying to say Um, this was something that was brought up and I just recently read Elvira's memoir that's called, um, Yours Cruelly, Elvira. <laughs> and, um, it was really good. I really liked it, but that was something that was, she had been in an abusive marriage and, you know, the way she, she doesn't really conceptualize herself as a victim or anything like that. And like, even the way that she talked about it wasn't entirely, um, you know, it, it wasn't coming from a place of like, trauma and pain you know like she's definitely sorted through it and she even kind of said you know like I I thought that I was stronger than that and that is something that can really hurt you when you're in an abusive situation if you conceptualize yourself as a strong person and like if I was really a strong person then why am I putting up with this and you know anyway I don't not really wording it well but like if you find yourself in a shitty situation where someone's being abusive to you, that's not on you. That's not a reflection on whether or not you're a badass bitch. And in the Elvira book, she even said something like, you know, men like that are attracted to, I mean, I think it goes both ways. Like some, I mean, obviously it's not just men, but some abusers are attracted to vulnerable people that they can further make vulnerable, but some are attracted to really strong women and they want to tear them down. I mean, like that's situations that I've been in because I come across as like a really like, you can't fuck with me kind of person. And I have most of my life. And so, you know, the abusive people that I've been in relationships with they are attracted to that energy and then they want to tear it apart they want to bring me down you know so anyway (laughs) let's see anything else we could possibly have to say about this horrible episode of angel lila ends up being the one that kills billy so that's kind of cool we get a little moment of lila not being awful Um, I think the real quote of the episode is at the end, um, Cordelia's training with Angel again. So it's like bookends because the episode started with that and it ended with that. And for those of y'all that mostly just watch Buffy, the training with Angel scenes are very much like when Buffy used to do Tai Chi with Angel, only it's with swords it's very just like movement-based like choreography type stuff it doesn't really look like combat training it just looks like uh sexy hanging out with your vamp not a boyfriend situation so they're just uh, this whole pushing a romance narrative onto Cordelia and Angel really pisses me off so there you go um Yeah. And then the episode kind of, I think the very end of the episode is, um, Fred going to visit Wesley and trying to tell him that, um, she knows that he's a good guy and he needs to come back to work and he's just feeling awful, which it's kind of nice seeing him feeling awful after what he did. I'm not going to lie, but again, it's not on her to do the emotional labor of like telling him he's a good guy and reassuring him after everything you know because it makes it about him you know she's reassuring him that he's a good guy he's questioning his who he really is because he was capable of that stuff which of course you would do in a situation like that but It's just making it all about him. It's not making it about her and how she needs to be taken care of of, after that awful situation. Let's talk about the Buffy episode, episode, shall we? So the Buffy episode is called All the Way. It is a Halloween episode because, you know, it came out the day before Halloween. So they actually made it Halloween themed. We don't always get a Halloween themed Buffy episode, which is really a tragedy. There should always be. We had, I think this is only the third Halloween Buffy episode because there was the one where they turned into their costumes and then there was the one where they had the, they were at the like frat party where like the fear demon was three inches tall or whatever. I think that's it. I think that's the only Halloween we've had on Buffy, unfortunately anyway um hold on i didn't read the episode guide okay that was actually kind of interesting okay let me read the episode guide um description from nikki stafford's bite me dawn sneaks out with janice to hang out with boys on halloween and gets a big surprise (laughs) so stupid um but the thing that was interesting in the episode guide because i just read the whole description of the episode the whole, like, you know, two-page thing, um, that all the way, the name of the Buffy episode is a play on, like, movements towards adulthood and, or, and maturity, and each of the main characters, like, Dawn, Willow, Dawn, Willow, and Tara with their relationship, Anya and Xander with their relationship, and Buffy, all make like steps in the right direction in this episode and then they go back. So um, Dawn makes a step towards adulthood by like lying to her parents and sneaking out and um, or lying to Buffy and Giles and sneaking out and having her first kiss. But then by the end of the episode, she's kind of regressed a little bit and seems more like a little girl. Like she was feeling brave and strong and like doing a thing that teenagers should be doing. And then she gets like taken down a peg by what happens during the episode. With um, Tara and Anya, Tara and Anya, Tara and Willow, Um, I guess it's not really like a step forward and then a step back, but you know, their relationship is taken back a notch because, um, of Willow and her magic use. I feel like my brain is not completely working tonight. (laughs) Probably because I drank so much last night and then, you know, I slept okay. I slept all right. But even if you sleep okay after drinking a lot, you're not really sleeping that great. (laughs) you know? Uh, even if you pass out and you feel like you were dead to the world, you're not getting great sleep because your body's distracted with all the poison that you put into it. Um, and then I had a full, a full day at work today and it was a lot because work is always a lot right now. And then I did social things and now I'm trying to do a podcast and ugh. anyway, it almost seemed like Buffy maybe her step forward was like she is trying to kind of like take the reins and being sort of a parental figure towards Dawn but at the end of the episode she just sort of like you know doesn't even ask she's just like I'm glad you're here to take care of it Giles and then she goes to bed because you know Dawn needs a little bit of a talking to for lying and sneaking out no or she didn't really sneak out she just lied about what she was doing So, and then, you know, Xander's, like, step forward and then step back is that he got really excited and he decided he was ready to announce the engagement. And as soon as he did, Anya started talking about, you know, plans. And then Giles was asking him, like, are you guys going to move in together? Is she going to move in with you? Like blah, blah, blah. And just like those questions about what we're going to do now and actual questions about the rest of his life freaked him out. So then it was like, he didn't want to do it again. He's having to face the reality of actually deciding to get married. So everybody's kind of like, you know, having emotionally stunted moments in this episode, I guess. Um, Okay, let's get into my notes. Anya is on skates, which is very cute, and I love seeing people on skates now that I'm roller skating. Um. And it's cause her costume is Charlie's Angels. Willow is cranky about hairy moles on witches. Um, on like, you know, Halloween costume witches. And she's, you know shaking her finger at like that's not really how witches are blah 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 which is cute which makes sense that willow would be reacting like that um i wrote down dawn stealing from the family business i know i've mentioned it before but the whole kleptomania thing i mean i get it from a shooting a television show standpoint like they're not gonna put dawn they're not gonna make a whole set to put Dawn in to show her stealing things they it's more convenient because she's in scenes in the magic box to just show her stealing things from the magic box but I just I don't know I mean if she were like a more kind of like shitty kid maybe she would steal from her own family but I don't think she would I just don't think she would do this you know, this is fucking with Giles's and Anya's livelihood. I don't think she would do that. I just really don't. And it makes me mad. So there you go. Um, there's this weird scene with Spike and Buffy in the basement of the magic box because there was like some funky sexual innuendo which I guess makes sense because is it once, is once more with feeling next week? Hold on. Let me check my calendar. Ugh. Oh my God, it is. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> next week is a big week <laughs> because it's the musical episode. Um, okay, then. So that's the episode where Spike and Buffy have their first kiss. Um, So like the sexual innuendo was like that Spike was asking Buffy if she wanted a bit of a rough and tumble. She wanted to have a bit of a rough and tumble. And Buffy's just kind of looking at him like, what? (sighs) And then he's like, you know, me, you cemetery patrolling, you know, and he acts like he's completely oblivious. Like he's not saying that on purpose. So I guess we're supposed to think that this particular thing coming from Spike is not a manipulation tactic, but yeah, I just feel like we haven't really had that yet. That sort of like innuendo thing. And it, there it is. We're getting it one episode before they have their first kiss. I mean, I guess we've had that before, but not Not when Buffy hasn't immediately, this is the first time she hasn't immediately reacted to something said from Spike like that with total revulsion, you know, and anger. She's just kind of like, what? (laughs) Anyway, um, I did like the term customer disservice. Spike says that in some kind of comment to Buffy. (laughs) because she's helping out at the magic shop on Halloween because they're super busy um then there's the whole fucking plot with the guy the old guy that is like making rice crispy treats but you don't know what he's making and he's humming pop goes the weasel and so you think that something nefarious I really hate it because it's not even it doesn't support rewatches because it's just too heavy handed. You know, they were obviously directing this actor to act really suspicious. You know, it wasn't like he was acting innocent and later you realize, you know, I, whatever. I just, whatever. I'm not articulated. I'm not articulate enough tonight to say that correctly. Um, Buffy sees Giles cleaning his glasses. He just takes his glasses off and cleans them whenever he, uh, is trying to avoid looking at Xander and Anya making out. And... She's like, is that why you do that? Because you don't want to look at what we're doing? I like that, because she just... It's the first time we've seen somebody acknowledge that. He just says, tell no one. (laughs) Um... Willow does magical decorations and Tara is upset. Um, Giles and Tara share a look. They just kind of look at each other whenever she does this. And they haven't had a conversation together about it or anything. Which is sad because like, I don't think we ever see that happen, but that would have been nice to see that happen. You know, unless we're supposed to think of their song that they have together in the next episode, in the musical episode, if we're supposed to think of that as sort of like a conversation between the two of them, since it's like a duet. Um, So Willow and Tara are kind of arguing in the kitchen because Tara's like... I think is this the point where she says you're using too much magic or just does she say it later at the bronze I don't I don't remember if she says it now or then I think it's then I think it's at the bronze but in this conversation she's just like I just think you know you could just use real decorations we could go to the store and get decorations and Willow makes an argument that's kind of good it's like well the magical decorations are biodegradable earth-friendly they're going to disappear in the morning but you know it's not about the decorations you know it's about the fact that willow's using too much magic and tara's finally speaking up and when she speaks up about it she kind of gets stuttery which she hasn't been stuttery like she's really only stuttery when she gets nervous and she used to be stuttery a lot when we first met her but we really only see her doing it when she's insecure and having arguments with willow Um, so they're kind of fighting in the kitchen and Dawn walks in and she kind of witnesses that they're having an argument and, um, she says, she's sorry for interrupting or something. And Willow's like, it's okay. We're done. That was hurtful. The fact you don't get to decide when people are done arguing. And of course, Tara's hurt by that. And then the rest of the night is just kind of awkward because Tara's mad and she's just, you know, kind of sitting on the couch. Like she's not pouting. She's being mature, but she's upset. She doesn't want to engage with everyone and no one's fucking noticing that she's in pain. That bothers me. Um, Then the whole plot with Dawn and her friend Janice, like they both said that they were staying the night at the other person's house and then they meet up in the park with some boys and then they go and like make out with them or whatever (laughs) like I don't even care um Giles sits down on the stairs okay so it's after they close the shop on Halloween really long night actually because they are closing the shop everyone's there it's been a super busy night and they're closed at the magic box, and that's when Xander like announces that they're getting en- he and Anya are engaged, and then they have the party at um, Buffy's house. So they go there after, and then the whole thing happens with Dawn, and all of this shit happens in one night. But anyway, so Giles sits down next to Xander on the stairs. And just kind of talks to him. And I think this is the quote of the episode. Giles says to Xander, Anya is a wonderful ex-vengeance demon. I'm sure you'll spend many years of non-hell dimensional bliss. (laughs) So a little snarky, but still, I think he means it, you know? (laughs) Um, And then he starts, he doesn't like totally pelt Xander with questions or anything. He just says, you know, like, are you guys going to find you know, with your combined incomes, you could start a down payment on a house. And Xander kind of like reacts to that, like, Oh, that seems overwhelming. And Giles just says, you know, well, you've got your whole lives to figure out your whole lives, you know, no rush. You know, I don't think he's trying to pelt him with questions or anything. Um, but it's stuff that Xander hasn't even fucking thought about. All he was thinking about was the gesture of asking Anya to marry him. That's that's as far as he fucking thought and Anya was right whenever she was like she's hit him or something and she was like you're only asking me this because you think we're gonna die she was fucking right god so much pain coming along coming towards us we're at what is this one two three four five this was the sixth episode of the season already I mean, if you count bargaining part one and two as two separate episodes, which they pretty much were, even though they aired on the same night. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm just thinking about how brutal the next month is going to be. All the things that are going to happen, all the times that we're going to cry. <laughs> it's coming. Um, let's see, where are we? Uh, I've decided that the object of the episode is the like old Pop Goes the Weasel guys, his pumpkin, because it's really cool. It's like, um, got all these like little geometric, like patterns of cir- circles, G- geometric patterns of circles. Yes. See, I just have no brain. It's really cool. That's all I'm saying. That's my object of the episode. Xander's kind of freaking out. He's feeling really overwhelmed by, you know, the fact that, oh my God, he might actually be getting married. He and Buffy go have like a little conversation on the porch to, cause they both just kind of want to get away from the party for a second. And, um, he, he tells her that he's wallowing, not drowning, which is, I wish that were true, <laughs> but anyway, she asks him if he's okay and it's just a fun little friend conversation like we hardly ever get those between Buffy and Xander anymore so that was nice and she decides to go patrolling with Spike and I guess when she leaves she must have just taken the long way because when she leaves Giles gets a call from Janice's mom they figure out what happened that they you know are out somewhere. So Giles is immediately in, like, evil fighting mode. We have to find Dawn. And he, you know, says, Willow, Tara, go find her. (laughs) Go to, I don't know, what he tells them to do. And Xander, Anya, stay here in case she calls. Janice's mom calls again or whatever. And they go looking for her. Buffy's gone, uh, because she's on her way to see Spike and go patrolling, and we have to see Dawn make out with this vampire kid, I hated it so much. I think this has got to be Michelle Trachtenberg's first on-screen kiss and they really made her go through it they made her have like a fucking makeout session for like her first on-screen kiss i mean it's just gotta be it's just gotta be because like it's it just looks awful it <laughs> looks so bad oh, i usually hate like makeout scenes and stuff anyway though so whatever um janice has super low-rise pants <laughs> that is the opposite of the outfit of the episode. I'm actually going to give the outfit of the episode to Dawn in this episode because hers is kind of cute. Like it's not suffering from too much 2001-ness. She is, um, wearing like a baby doll black shirt with like Hello Kitty bedazzling on it. So, you know, there's bedazzling, but that was very 2001. And she's wearing like, um, a sort of fitted dark denim jacket with like little had like little like p- they weren't really puffy sleeves at the top but it had like a, a ruching situation that made the sleeves just kind of puff out a little bit so it just gave it some visual interest and then um she was wearing at first i thought it was like a camouflage mini skirt but i don't think it was i think it was just some other pattern of like dark greens and like black, um, over like dark black tights and like knee length boots. It was, it was a good look. She looked cute and she looked, you know, reasonably dressed for a cold October night, you know, (laughs) she looked good. Um, so I'm giving her outfit of the episode. I don't think she's ever gotten an outfit of the episode. Um, where are we? Oh, this fucking old guy says, Daddy's got a treat. Come inside and help Daddy in the kitchen. He refers to himself as Daddy twice. It's clear, though, that this guy, like, I can kind of give the whole thing a pass of him being so, like, weird and creepy and them, like, being too ham-fisted on that. Um of him playing weird and creepy I can kind of give him a pass because it's obvious that he's like doesn't have his full wits about him Um, he's obviously not completely 100 in his brain capacity you know so whatever but the daddy stuff has got to go (laughs) Um, where are we okay so willow and Tara are at the bronze And for a second, Tara is acting like she's not mad at Willow, even though she's been upset at Willow all night. Um, But I guess they just kind of get into a rhythm of not being mad at each other for a second. And then Willow suggests, because they're looking for Dawn, and there's a lot of people in the bronze, she suggests shifting everyone that isn't a 15-year-old girl into an alternate dimension. Just for a second, they'll never notice. And Tara... This is when she finally says, you're using too much magic. That's not okay. What if something goes wrong? And then she says, what would Giles say? And that really sets Willow off, as you can imagine, after, you know, the whole rank arrogant amateur conversation. You remember that? Remember that scary moment when Giles yelled? Um, So this is when they really like, this is a real argument, you know? between the two of them. And at one point, Tara's like, would you like me to just shut up and not say anything? And Willow says, will that be a good start? So twice now in this episode, Willow has not only like done magic at inappropriate times and all of that shit, but she's twice now, she has basically shut tara down in almost a flippant like she didn't realize she was well this time it seemed like it just came out of her mouth like she's an ugly fighter because she's just like yeah that'd be a good start and tara says but earlier earlier whenever she was like oh we're done that was, that was like a weird power dynamic thing. Like you can definitely see, I think this is well-written because you can definitely see the sort of like, you know, the evil Willow is already showing up. She's the big bad of the season and it's already, it's already coming. And so after she kind of tells her, you know, that'd be a good start, you know, Tara should just shut the fuck up. Tara says, well, if I didn't love you so, so damn much, I would. And then she leaves. And you guys, I only had like, I guess it was like two and a half, not even two and a half pages of notes. Usually every episode of Buffy, I have like five, eight, ten pages of notes. Um, so I'm sorry. I'm not, quite a 100% tonight but this wasn't like the most important episode ever so I really just need to make sure I have my wits about me next week when we do the musical episode we do get to see so the fight scenes in this episode like I mean they were a little tedious but there were some really badass moments Giles stakes three vampires in this episode Dawn stakes one Um, I don't know. I don't usually count, so I don't know how many, like, Buffy and Spike stake, but, or kill, but Giles catches up to Dawn right before Buffy does, and he saves Janice's life, pretty much. Yeah, because Buffy wouldn't have made it in time. So Giles is on top of shit, for sure, and he looks like a badass and he fights well like they're not letting i mean most of the time they show giles as being kind of a bumbling fighter but they're not doing that to him right now probably because like anthony stewart head was about to like not be on the show consistently for a while so they're so he was probably like look give me some good fighting scenes i I want one episode where i don't get knocked out and i get to stake some vampires okay so they actually let him be a badass in this episode and that was really fun i enjoyed it um dawn stakes her first vampire because the vamp boy like she he like leans in to kiss her whenever he's almost on top of her while she's on the ground and she has a pencil in her hand (laughs) It's like very like, wow, if it were that easy, like vampires would really not be that much of a threat if he's just leaning and she kills him, but whatever. Um, it was a cute like shot. It looked cool because it was like, oh my God, I thought she was just going to get bit and he just got dusted. How did that happen? Oh, look, she has a pencil in her hand. It was, it was cute, but you know, if you think too hard about it, it kind of falls apart, which really could be the tagline for any one ever talking critically about their favorite show. <laughs> if you think too hard about it, everything falls apart. <laughs> Why am I doing this? It's too late. I'm already like a third of the way through season six of seven. I'm doing this. Um, Is there any other notes here? Okay. So it really is a big, I was going to say it is a big deal. Um, I think that's not the wording that I wanted it in this episode. So before I have been mostly on Buffy's side, as far as like, I do think that, I do think that Giles has a responsibility to financially help Buffy. We've talked about that a lot. I'll just leave it there. (laughs) You know, I rant about that all the time. I do think that, I I do think that, but, and him being around to, to help with the sort of like parenting stuff. I do think Buffy is out of line in this episode because at the very end of the episode, you know, like Giles is suggesting that like, you know, they need to nip this whole, thing in the bud because Dawn just lied to Buffy and, you know, she needs to, I don't know, be grounded or, you know, have a strict, I'm disappointed in you conversation from a parental parental figure. She needs that right now, for sure. And he's just pointing that out. And Buffy just basically says, I'm so glad you're here to take care of it. And then she runs up the stairs, which yeah, I think, I definitely think that's wrong. And so I totally, I thought that I was going to be like kind of pissed at Giles for like putting his foot down later, um, when he does that with Buffy. But in this particular instance, at least, I think it's totally justified that like, you know, he's like nursing a fat lip and everything from getting punched by a vampire or whatever. And Buffy's just like, okay, I'm gonna go to bed now. You deal with the discipline. (laughs) Like, he's just there to... Whatever. Anyway. And I guess he's still staying in their house, I assume? So, he's just staying on the couch every night, and then Willow and Tara live there, and it's like, wow, there's a lot of stuff going on in this one house. But (laughs) anyway. Um... But the real thing that we need to talk about at the end of this episode is Willow crosses the line that she will never be able. I mean, how many times has Willow like, this is the line. She just crossed it. I mean, this has happened several times at this point when it comes to magic, but she just does not care. She is at this point, she's just going to shape reality around whatever she wants it to be. She doesn't care who she hurts. And it's really, really awful. And this is the thing that she does that is the most hurtful thing that she's ever done. Like she's drawn the line in the past that like, you know, because she almost did like a spell against Oz and Veruca whenever Oz cheated on her with Veruca and she stops herself she's like I can't do this like you know but here she does not stop herself they're like getting ready for bed Tara's mad and she's like I don't want to talk about this right now I just want to go to bed and she's fucking pissed and Willow I can't even say it I'm like so mad at her I'm so mad at her. It just makes me incredibly angry. Can you imagine like if this were real, this were real life and you were having a fight with your partner and they, you know, they've already been super disrespectful to you all night long. And then they have the power in, in this universe if we lived in a universe where somebody had the power to do a spell on you and make you forget that you're fighting and they did that to you. Oh my God. I can't even, and I don't even know if I would be, if I would be tempted to do that in that situation, but I'm not a person that like, I don't really shy away from arguments. Like, I don't have them that often like michael and i have had like as far as like you know real like shitty and by shitty i just mean like you know emotionally charged when we've had like emotionally charged arguments it's like i don't even think we've had one in (laughs) oh god knock on shelf i don't even think we've had one in like years but you know it happens every once in a while and I think it's healthy to have arguments but like an actual like we're really not seeing eye to eye and we're gonna yell at each other for an hour kind of arguments like that kind like not screaming just you know agitated talking (laughs) not even really yelling, you know, but those kind of arguments, maybe we've only had like 10 in our entire relationship. And we've been together like 15 years. Yeah. 15 because it was 2006, April, 2006 that we started like dating. So yeah. Um, anyway, what's the point of that? But I don't even think that I wouldn't, If I were as powerful as Willow, I don't even think that I would want or be tempted to make the decision to have someone forget. Because my philosophy with arguments is you get to the bottom of why this particular situation is happening. Like, I don't know, that's the way that I've always, like, I think it's my particular combination of being a Libra sun, which means that I'm very much, I can see all sides of things in an argument. Um, But then I have an Aries moon. So I'm willing, I'm willing to fucking fight about it. And I definitely want to see like, why is the other person doing what they're doing? That's upsetting to me. Why am I doing what I'm doing that's upsetting to them? And how can we make sure this never happens again? And most of the time, the kind of I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn or anything, but most of the time, the kind of fighting that I do is productive. Um, I know my mom right now, (laughs) she accidentally, because we were living with her for a while, and like the only time we ever had like a big argument the whole time we were living with her... I, for some reason thought that my mom wasn't home, but she was in her bedroom and we were fighting in the kitchen and the kitchen was right next to her bedroom. And I thought she wasn't home or else we wouldn't have been having an argument in the kitchen if she was, if we knew she was home, but, and she could hear us and it really, really upset her. And I know she still thinks about it and I know she's thinking about it right now, (laughs) but that particular argument, I don't think was actually, it was like a, arguing around in circles kind of thing because that's another problem with me is like in arguments I always want to explain myself and I want the person to explain themselves to me you know and if I feel like the person doesn't understand where I'm coming from oh sorry I just had a sneeze then um I paused it in time I think (laughs) but it probably sounded funny um if i feel like they don't understand me then i will keep trying to explain it and sometimes i can get like real fucking repetitive <laughs> and i also don't let people leave <laughs> if we're having an argument you're gonna fucking stay and argue with me goddammit. it <laughs> i don't know maybe i'm not as productive of an arguer as i think i am but i'm always willing to go in and like say what needs to be said So I don't think I would take the easy way out, not only because, you know, it's completely wrong to fuck with someone's mind like that, but I also think that I wouldn't really be tempted to take the easy way out, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. That's just me though. But this is absolutely, without a doubt, the shittiest thing Willow has ever done, as far as magic is concerned. I mean, I don't think I've ever forgiven her, you know? I think this is the moment where I'm like, oh no, Willow, I will never forgive you. I can definitely hold a grudge. (laughs) I'm so awful to Willow. I just think they didn't, they just didn't, they didn't write her. I mean, I don't know, whatever, doesn't matter. Let's do ratings of the episode because I feel like I just really i don't i'm not not at 100 right now i need to just like you know ooh maybe i should take a bath i should take a bath and go to bed because i gotta get up i I want to try to get up a little bit early tomorrow because i work um you guys don't care but whatever i'm just babbling at this point but i tomorrow's halloween like by the time you guys hear this it will already be halloween but tomorrow's halloween and in fact it's probably already midnight isn't it oh it is happy halloween everyone happy halloween so um you'll probably hear this like way after halloween but whatever um i work all day tomorrow on halloween and i don't have a costume <laughs> i mean i have things i have things i have bat wings i have fangs i have elf ears i have things but um i don't have anything thought out yet but i want to get up early enough to i don't know get gothed up and put on fangs or wings or both or something i want to do something wear some antlers i don't know just throw it all together and be like when somebody asks me what i am i'll be like what do you think i am and then when they answer i'll be like yep that's it (laughs) Whatever you just said. I want to get up early enough to actually like put some effort into my outfit tomorrow. But we'll see. We'll see if that happens. I'll probably just dress normal. I don't know. Which is sad. But sometimes that happens, you know? It's sad though. As a goth girl, I feel a responsibility to really do Halloween right. And so I'm always like secretly relieved when I don't work on Halloween because then I can be like, okay, I don't have to dress up if I don't want to. No one's going to see me. But if I'm... Yeah, anyway. You guys aren't here to listen to my psychological guilt at not dressing up on Halloween. How are you guys with Halloween? Like, I would love to be one of those people that like plans my costume in advance and like does a whole thing. Like man if I were rich like seriously one of the things that I would do is like pay a really creative awesome person to like make really because I have all kinds of costume ideas of things that I would love to do but I don't know how to execute them (laughs) but if I could get somebody to execute that shit for me put my makeup on for me make any weird paper mache or latex things that I need you know (laughs) for me. I would, I would really rock Halloween every single year if that were the case. That's the kind of thing I would do with my money if I were rich. (laughs) Okay. Outfit of the episode goes to Dawn. Object of the episode, like I said, goes to the old guy's pumpkin. Quote of the episode was the, um, thing that Giles said to Xander is, Anya is a wonderful ex-vengeance demon. I'm sure you'll spend many years of non-hell-dimensional bliss. (laughs) Non-hell-dimensional bliss. As opposed to hell-dimensional bliss. Hmm. Um, MVP of the episode? I mean, we have to give it to Giles. We have to. We have to. Because he staked three vampires. He was injured, but he still took the time to you know have a talking to with dawn um, yeah, it was good five by five uh I don't know perfectly serviceable episode, but I mean, I don't want to say it's skippable because it's not really skippable. Like you have to see what Willow did. (laughs) Although if you're watching this on a streaming platform, which by the way, if you're watching it on Hulu, I feel for you because it's forced widescreen and don't even get me started on that. Anyway, (laughs) I think I like this episode slightly less than the other ones so far as far as like just being a halloween episode in general it's kind of a shit halloween episode um we get character development stuff and i didn't really care about the dawn makeout with a vampire plot i mean but of course she would have her first kiss with a vampire right i'm just gonna give it a three and a half out of five there you go Um, that's it. Okay. I'm gonna edit this podcast so I can get it to you guys. And then I'm gonna take a bath and go to bed. That's, that's my life for the next hour and a half. What are you guys doing? Okay. I'll see you next week where we will get to talk about once more with feeling. All right. Bye.